Welcome to the Grace of Eugene podcast. We exist to help every person in our sphere of influence to encounter Christ, experience biblical community, and extend God's kingdom. You can learn more about us at gracecityeugene.com. Here's the podcast. Like Mario said, my name is Matt. I'm one of the elders here at Grace City. It's wonderful to get to speak with you even though it is absolutely terrifying. Um, and, and I joke about that, but seriously, I, it's mainly because I take this very seriously. I consider it an honor to be able to speak God's word to you all. I was talking to a couple people. It's like, why do I get so freaked out by this when I speak? It's like at work, I give presentations to CEOs and vice presidents and all this stuff, and it's not even a big deal to me. But when I come up here, I'm like, get blank, my legs literally shake, and so I get to um, submit myself to God and experience his peace, because that's what we're going to talk about today, um, through this process. So um, I'm thankful that I get to um, live out the the message that God had put on my heart this week and uh, in preparation So if you weren't here last week, um, we did start our new series, like Mario said. Um, It is entitled Like Nowhere Else, and it is where we are going through four different themes of Advent, and Casey did a wonderful job um, speaking to the hope that we have in Christ. Um, And this week, I get to kind of talk about a little bit of my experience with peace and hopefully come away with a a few takeaways so that I have learned to experience God's peace in a greater way. So I don't know about you, but this can be a challenging topic uh, to explore in today's climate. From the divide that we see ourselves in, whether it be political, cultural, or relational, it seems that more than ever, at least in my lifetime, um, people are at odds with one another. If you say the wrong thing to the wrong person, it may trigger them to a point where it becomes an argument or even something worse. We live in an age where people post basically their entire lives on social media, and if they offend somebody, there's that possibility, especially if you have, um, if you're famous or something, you could be canceled. That's just, that's a theme within our society is getting canceled. So I don't think I need to spend much time painting a picture that we live in a time um, where you would consider it to be peaceful. You see a large number of people experiencing depression and anxiety. In a recent study done by the U.S. Bureau of um, Census Bureau, data was collected from 3 million adults between the ages of 18 and 59, and 40%. 40% of those that were in the age group of 18 to 39 reported having clinically significant anxiety. And 33% of that same group um, reported clinically significant depression. This is in contrast to those that are 40 and over. Those um, experienced it at 31% for anxiety and 24% for depression. So... I don't know about you, uh, but I look all around, whether it is in family, friends, or coworkers, 
anxiety and depression are all around us, whether we experience it ourselves or the people around us are experiencing it. And specifically, as we enter this time of the holidays, it can be one of those times that are, it's a very difficult time because there are more family stress. There's stress of money, financial stress, because you want to provide a good Christmas. Um, And maybe you don't even have the hope or the relationship with Jesus um, that allows us to experience that peace in in the first place. So today, like I kind of spoke about in the beginning, I want to walk through my journey and experience so I get to be vulnerable, what fun, with with all of you. Um, And I just get to tell you a little bit about myself, walk you through my story, my experiences, um, and then some things that God has really put on my heart and given me tools to experience his peace um, and experience him in a a greater way. So I want to start, and I kind of want to set the stage uh, with a scripture um, and the scripture is in Isaiah 9, 6, and I think we have this one that will come up on the screen eventually. Um, and I, I kind of want to set this as the overarching, just like who God is. So Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Jesus is many things, but one of the most notable in this verse is that he came to bring peace. Peace between his Father and his people. Peace and comfort to those who follow him. Because we trust him, he is the one that is in control. It is important to note that peace is part of his character and it's who he is. So as we continue, I'm going to go ahead and and pray. Lord, I just thank you for today. I thank you that in the midst of struggles and difficult times that we get to experience your peace because you are peace. It's part of who you are. And we get to experience you. So, Lord, today I pray that you would just uh, calm any nerves that I have. I pray that I would be able to communicate what you have communicated with me. I pray that people would come away with something, that they would be encouraged today, that they would experience you in in a greater way. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in your name. Amen. Okay, so... Part of my story. Um, so my story in relation to God's peace um, is kind of somewhat of a rocky one um, growing up. So I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, most of my experience in the family, uh, there wasn't a lot of peace, whether it be um, conflict between my mom and dad or conflict between myself and my dad. Uh, That was a heavy theme throughout um, my childhood. Um, So I didn't get to experience those things. I didn't really even know what it looked like other than just kind of a worldly thing of knowing that there is 
constant conflict that I experience. Um, and so it, it was quite the opposite of anything when I actually came to faith. And so I came to faith um, through, a, you know, kind of a difficult circumstance in, in the first place. My, um, when I was going in from my eighth grade year into my freshman year, my coach that coached me both in wrestling and football had a, basically a tragic accident where he was helping somebody and a tractor flipped over on him and he essentially died that night. And at that time, that was one of the only areas that I had to, um, he was one of my mentors. I, was, I looked up to him. I didn't know at the time that he was a Christian. Um, but it, it was one of those things that I looked at him and I admired the, the, the way that he acted to the kids and I, I admired his life in general. And through that, there were resources and I got introduced to Young Life. And so during that time, um, you know, fast forward a little ways, I, I was on the, the beaches of, of Cannon, beaches of Cannon Beach, Cannon Beach, <laughs> the sand of Cannon Beach, I guess, the crazy winter weather, I don't know. So, um, but I was on the sand of Cannon Beach and that is where I gave my life to the Lord. And so that was going into my freshman year, um, but my, it wasn't then that I experienced God's peace. So, you know, there was some kind of misconception that I thought that when you accept Jesus that everything magically gets better. And there were things that did get better, and there were things that I did experience, but peace was not one of them, to be completely honest. Um, the first three years of high school were probably some of my most difficult times. Um, I was very depressed. Um, I, Like I said before about the conflict between my dad and I, that influenced that a lot. Um, I felt hopeless and worthless, and by the time I was a junior in high school, I was on track to completely drop out. Um, I was at the point where I was a full year academically behind, and I remember at the end of my junior year, well, it wasn't even the end of the junior year, I had a buddy of mine come up to me, and he, he's like, oh, let's just go home today, we're going to skip school, and I'm like, I was at school, so we're like going to skip the rest of the day of classes. And I'm like, no, no. And then, and then we're like, we ended up doing it anyways. And I, I just remember that like as a marquee point in my life where I just like that chapter of high school was kind of over. Um, if it wasn't for some hard love um, by my future father-in-law to kind of set a standard and hold it to me, I wouldn't have probably tried as hard as I could to make that high school experience and turn it around. And so, um, you know, during my junior year, I also met Andrea, my lovely wife. And I'm not saying that go find a wife and that is going to equal peace. I'm going to leave that alone. But I'm just going to say that through that relationship, um, I found that Andrea's family and my family were you know, about as opposite as they could be. And I got to meet uh, a wonderful man, my mentor, um, Lauren, who is 
Andrea's dad. And so, but my relationship with him in the beginning was not easy. Um, he was a very just disciplined man. He was something, someone that I looked up to, and he scared the living, you know what, out of me um, for most of the time that I was dating his daughter. Um, but he was very, um, while he, you know, had this tough exterior, he also uh, cared enough about me to set a standard and to tell me that, hey, like, this is what I expect of someone that is dating my daughter. And one of those things was, like, you got to finish high school. Um, <laughs> And so, you better believe that through the grace of God, um, I buckled down and I did that. Now, I did that, A, by being challenged, but I was heavily involved in the high school ministry, in our youth group. So, when I was experiencing all this depression and everything like that, um, it wasn't because I wasn't around community. I was around community all the time. So there were points in my life where I felt like I was living a double life, where I was literally, every part of me was in community, experiencing Jesus in certain aspects of my life, but on this other part, I had this huge darkness that I was experiencing. And it wasn't until my junior year of college, so this is basically six years, six, seven years after I committed my life to Jesus, um, and a lot of growing up that I truly experienced freedom from some of those aspects in my life. It wasn't until an act that I actually submitted to God in a way that I hadn't done before. I gave him all of this stuff. And I said that I want him to actually lead my life. All the decisions that I make, um, my life in general, what, like where I was going, that was going to be the Lord's. And it was through that, it was through transformation of my mind, um, through scripture and spending time with him and through community that I experienced God's peace. So that was a wonderful time. <laughs> and I continued to grow and God gave me confidence and um, like even now, as I share about those things, there's, there's still a tinge of shame about those times in my life because they were difficult. And I don't like to share about them because it's, it's not who I am now. At the same time, God encourages me to this day that that's what he did and that's what he's doing in my life. And so if anything, I should be happy. I should rejoice because God did a miracle in my life. He turned around what I was experiencing in my family, and he created a new future for me. So I praise God for that. As I continued to grow in, you know, my walk with the Lord, you know, I, I experienced many wonderful blessings. I experienced success from a career standpoint. I finally married my wife. That was, you know, back in college, or a little after college, five and a half years after we started dating. Um, have two wonderful kids. Everything seemed to be going so well. But I do think that as time went on, there were some aspects of my life where I grew complacent. And so I want to kind of go into some areas where it's easy for us to take on some of the world. Um, when things 
tend to calm down in our lives and we're not as close to Jesus, it's easy to experience some of this blurring of the lines of the, some of the peace that the world offers and the peace that God offers. And so, um, you know, in my world, I'll speak for myself because I don't know that everyone has these same things. Uh, the, the world wants to tell you that you're going to gain peace by adding zeros to your bank account. Um, you know, maybe buying enough guns or food to have in a storage locker that if the zombie apocalypse happens, then you will be fully prepared. Like I said, that might just be my world. I, that's one of those things that I have to fight. At least two or three people in the crowd knows what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> the world wants you to take comfort in being self-sufficient. The world wants you to be able to make any choice that you want to make that makes you feel good. And I'm not saying that it's bad to be, you know, financially successful or prepared for the future. I think that those things are good. However, I think it's held in tension with our experience and laying our life down with Jesus. So as we give ourselves over to God, we get to experience peace. As we give ourselves over to ourselves and our own competence, it, it seems like we're feeling peace, but it's temporary. That, that peace doesn't last because there's never going to be enough money. There's never going to be enough preparation at that point that's going to fully satisfy that's what I've learned is that the more and more that you get of those things, and if you're putting your faith and you're, and you're reliant on peace through those things, it becomes insatiable. You want more. You're always going to want more because there's never enough. It's not the true source of peace. In John 14, 27, it says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you? Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. God gives us peace that the world cannot give us. It's not something that is available. Just like the theme of this um, series, like nowhere else. We cannot get peace that we get from God from this world. We can only get it from him. I also want to make a point, I think it's really important, that there's this underlying assumption that the peace from this world, it usually is around the absence of difficult circumstances. So peace is the absence of war. Peace is the absence of conflict. Um, peace is the absence of difficult times. But what the Bible and what Jesus offers us is the exact opposite. Jesus gives us peace in the midst of those circumstances. It's not because of those things that hold us down. It's every, every area that we see, especially in examples, you think of um, Paul and Jesus and in, in the stories that we see in the Bible, um, 
they experience peace through really difficult times. Things that make us like, you know, being imprisoned and, and they're singing worship songs like, I'm not going to be, I mean, not going to say that I'm not because Jesus might put, no, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not going not gonna to preach that over you guys either today. I'm not going to say that I'm going to go to prison. So um, going back to the examples, <laughs> see, a little ADD there and it goes, goes a long way. So I, I do want to take a look at the example of Jesus in the boat with his disciples. This is just one of the stories that I think is, is very fascinating. You know, Jesus and his disciples get in this boat, and they're going across, and there's this huge storm comes along. And here, Jesus is in the front of the boat, and he's sleeping. And, all of these guys, and these guys aren't weak guys. I mean, they may be weak in their faith, and we make fun of them a lot because they do a lot of silly things throughout the Scripture. But they're not weak in the sense of, like, several of them are professional fishermen, and I guarantee many more have gone on boats and are not. It's not unfamiliar for them, so it's not unfamiliar for them to experience inclement weather. But, the, but they were afraid for their life, and there was no natural response that they could find other than to go into God and asking for a miracle. I think that's such an important thing that in the midst of that chaos, Jesus was able to stand up, be completely calm, and experience the peace of his Father. I think it's important for us that as we experience the difficulties within life, do we, are we plugged enough into the vine? Are we experiencing our relationship with Jesus that we can weather those storms and still experience God's peace at the same time? John 16.33 says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We will have tribulation. It's just real simple. As Christians, we're going to experience difficult times. If that was, at one point in my life, I did not necessarily understand that. <laughs> I thought that the more you love Jesus, there was somehow that good things would continue to happen to you. And good things do happen to you. But it's not absent of difficult circumstances. I want to go back into my story. You know, I, I left off where things, by all accounts, were looking great. I was doing well. I was successful. But um, I, I mentioned that there was probably some complacency that set in. Now, I say that now. I didn't know that I was complacent then. I, I thought things were good. I, it wasn't anything that I was aware of at the time. Um, five years ago, um, the mentor that I spoke about, Andrea's dad, um, tragically passed away. And, see, thought I was going to be okay today, so... That changed my life like I uh, wasn't expecting. I was thinking about as I was preparing for this, I, like an analogy, I felt almost like I was in a, 
a car crash that's like getting T-boned by a car. Just everything in my life at the time completely changed. Um, you know, I spoke a little bit about my relationship with my dad and how it was filled with conflict over the years. Yes, there was a beginning where it was a difficult relationship with Lauren, but um, it turned into a relationship that um, I treasure to, to this day. He was a mentor. He was, by all accounts, a father to me. He taught me uh, many things on how to be a man, um, gave me the love for the outdoors, all of those things. So when that was taken away from me, um, without any notice, um, it, it rocked my world. And things that I thought that I had dealt with, you know, when I went through this seven-year period of time of dealing with depression and um, pain, I'm like, God, that's over with. I, I dealt with that. I gave that to you. I submitted all of those things to you. I thought those things were over. But through that experience, I think it exposed those areas where I had become complacent. It exposed areas, the cracks in my life that I allowed. <laughs> Love you, Sally. Um, and I found myself back to a place where I was dealing with depression again. I was... Um, and mind you, this is a place where I'm serving in this church, and I think I was already set in as an elder at that point as well. And so, again, this whole, like, how can I be dealing with this? I've been saved for 20-some years, and there's guilt and there's shame that creeps in when you're experiencing depression, and you know, not in your head, you know the answers. You know what you have to do. You know that God is real, and you know who to submit to. But nonetheless, this five-year journey has been um, something that I have had to submit to God because in the beginning, there was I couldn't find peace anywhere. There wasn't everything literally in my life around me had changed. My family, relationships, um, I just, my will and drive at work had, um, you know, drastically gone down. I was experiencing conflict at work as well. But then, so everything in my life had changed, and it seemed like the rug was taken out from underneath me. And how I had to figure out how I was going to reestablish that peace within my life. It's not that the peace left me, but I left it. I think that that's important to think about because it's something that we can take ourselves away from. God's peace is there. It's there to be accepted. But it's a choice of ours to enter into it. So I want to share with you three things that I have um, experienced and just very honestly really simple things that we do to experience God's peace. And so the first one, really simple, prayer. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and th with thanksgiving, let your requests known to God, be known to God. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our answer to difficult times, to anxiety, is to come before God, have that conversation, to pray with him. It can seem so simple to say, ah, just go pray about it. You know, we hear it all the time. And it sometimes it feels like it loses its potency. But many of you have followed the Lord for a long time, and, and you know that when you don't have those times of prayer, that you slide away from God. That relationship is not as close as it once was. It's not because he's falling away from you. It's because you're distancing yourself from him. So the first thing that I did as part of my story is really just starting so simple of just having conversations with God. And even if those conversations were super difficult, I still had those conversations. And my encouragement to be with you would be to just pray. Don't make it such a big deal. Don't make it into something that you have to have all the right words. Just have a conversation with God. Be really real. One thing that I experienced through losing Lauren is, quite frankly, um, in my brokenness, I did not care as much about that, what that conversation looked like. Those words or whatever, they, they kind of went away. The, 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 trying to create some kind of template to pray, I didn't care about it anymore. I just went to the Father, Ra, before him, and I just asked for help. I asked for help for the people around me. And that's how it started, and I just continue to pray. And I encourage you, if you're struggling with prayer, the, the reality is, is that we just need to, to keep moving forward, keep having those conversations. Don't, you know, pull away from him. The next one in our Sunday school lesson is read your Bible or scripture. <laughs> Um, it seems, like I said before, it seems so simple. But if we are going to combat the lies of the enemy of this world, we have to do it with the truth found in Scripture. In Matthew 4, it accounts of Jesus' temptation. And when you look at how Jesus was tempted, in every single instance, he responded with Scripture. Um, it's funny, what would it look like if we also then responded to our difficult times or our temptation with Scripture? Another thing I want to point out in that story is that Jesus wasn't the only one that used Scripture. Satan, in the second time that he tempted Jesus, he also twisted and um, you know, perverted Scripture in a way to try to bait Jesus into it. But then again, Jesus used Scripture um, in a way that it combated those lies. So it's important not just that we read Scripture, but it's that we understand Scripture, that we meditate on Scripture. We have it on our mind always because then we can actually combat Satan. Another interesting thing, you know, Satan is going to try to call those things into question in your mind. Even in the first temptation with Eve, 
he, he told Eve, he said, did God really say that? Did he, did he really? And Satan still does that to us today. You may know scripture, but it's, it, you look at it and Satan, did he really say? And with your emotions and, and everything that's going on right now in your life, it might be enough to sway you to go a different direction. Um, Hebrews 4, 1, or 4, 12, not 4, 1, 2. <laughs> oh, goodness. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart. If it wasn't for the truth of Scripture poured over my life and me um, diving into that and speaking truth over my life, I wouldn't have experienced the freedom that I have today, both in the context from, you know, through high school, but also still today, I have to speak those things over myself. The last thing that I want to talk about that we actively do to experience God's peace is the one thing that ties the other two points together because the two points um, in and of themselves, many people can read the Bible, many people can talk to God. Um, without submission to Jesus, those things don't carry the same power in our lives because we can read and we can have knowledge, but if we're not submitting to them, then it, it's... I'm not going to say it's meaningless, but because the word never returns void. Um, a story of submission, I think it's very appropriate during this Christmas season, is in Mary. You see when the angel was speaking to her and she um, was told that she was going to have a baby. I don't know about you, like immaculate conception, that that would freak anyone out. Um, so how she responded to that is, is very important. And it says here in Luke 138, and Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I, I think it's so important that it says, let it be according to your word. I feel like, you know, it's a very short verse. Could you imagine all the other emotions that she was experiencing during that time? And it's, it's just a simple, let it be. I feel like that's like the conclusion. It's the, sen the sentence at the end. It's after you had gone through all of those difficult times, and then you're just like, let it be. Let it be as you say it's going to be. Peace is a choice. It's not automatic. Even if we read our Bible and we pray, we still can hold things back from the Lord. It's only with complete submission that we experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. Anytime that we're faced with a situation where we want to believe or trust in God, but I'm struggling, I remember the story in Mark where the father and the boy of the unclean spirit and Jesus tells the man, he says to them, if you can, well, sorry, the, the man had, had said, if you can heal my son. And Jesus said, if you can, like, 
All things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. I think that's a picture of what submission looks like. We don't always have the strength to do what we need to do. But we can always come to God and just say, God, help me. Help me in my unbelief. And I don't know how many times I have gone to God in the last five years and just said, help me. Help me believe in that peace there. Help me believe that this is working out for the good. Worship team, you can come back up. So, as we enter these holiday times, I would encourage you to ask yourselves. I would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal areas in your life where you have taken back control, where you're not experiencing God's peace. And I think that if we can take that back, because it's a choice, like I said earlier, we have to decide to submit to God. We have to decide that we're going to enter into God's presence and pray and read scripture and understand it in a way that we can combat the lies of the enemy. I think if we can do those things at any capacity, we will start to experience God's peace in this season. It, it does not need to be difficult. And that's why I, you know, when I looked at this, these three points of, you know, read your Bible and pray, and it's like, that's, that's everything, right? Every, everybody tells you to do that. But it doesn't mean it's wrong. God makes it really simple for us. He makes it simple for us to enter into a relationship with him. And it's first through just having that conversation with him. But it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you everything that you want to hold back from him. And that is when you're going to enter into God's peace. So I'm going to pray and then we'll worship. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for your peace. I thank you as we submit to you, we get to experience you in powerful and mighty ways. I thank you for the difficult times because they draw us closer to you and they remind us who's ultimately in control. We submit ourselves to you, Lord. We submit our future. We submit our emotions. We submit everything to you, Lord, that we would experience your peace, your love, and your grace in this wonderful holiday season, Lord. Thank you so much. In your name, amen. Yes.